0: Keeping things in order as a consultant can be a daunting task. Tell me about it. Some days I can't find my ass with both hands. What I really meant is finding data like scouting records to make timely recommendations. Oh, yeah, that would help too. Well, my. Yeah, so the data like scouting records, your soil testing metrics, planting dates, other types of map layers can all help play a critical role in getting good recommendations made. And on time. That is very key. Using FarmQA can do just that. They have a suite of tools to help you find your ass even when you are buried some days. Now that's a tool I need. Farm QA. Scout, advise, analyze. Just because it's the winter season doesn't mean it's the off-season. Tis the season for RX Creation. I have a fever. And the only prescription is more ADMS. Well, it is the Ag Data Mapping Solution. It cures all site specific ails. So fire up the computer and let's get mapping. And go find out what ADMS is all about at www.gktechinc.com to find out more. Happy mapping. Hey, I'm Kyle Oakey. And I'm Jason Hansen. And you are listening to the Agronomist Happy Hour Podcast. Rock and
1: roll. That's why they took vodka over there. <laughs> You're better off spraying the vodka on those last words. <laughs> <seconds.
0: laughs> Drought is no fun to endure. It's devil's it's... right hand. <laughs> Oh no, involved. that's beer. <laughs> well, hey, welcome back everybody. You are listening to the Agronomist Happy Hour. Happy New Year, only roughly a month late. But uh, that is what it is. And we've been awfully busy, I guess, as uh, two people here, both professionally and personally, and all that in our lives. So, you know, kind of had a, I would say I had my paternity leave because right after Christmas and before the New Year, we had our firstborn son, Wilcox. So we have been busy doing the new parent thing and, uh, just figuring out life. Uh, <laughs> boy, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. You're like, that won't change my schedule too much or it won't change her. It's like, oh no, it, yep. It's, uh, you can think whatever you want before it happens and then it happens. And then, you, then we're getting, I'm, we're both getting into this realization like, oh yeah, this will be like a forever thing now. It's not just a. You know, the little milestone thing, but it's like uh yeah, yeah, this yeah, okay, now we understand what everyone meant. <laughs> but we're really enjoying it and uh, you know, figuring out the uh, how to operate on a lot less sleep. Um oh, yeah. But it's it's working. That's and we're enjoying good.
1: it. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's fun to see on like uh we'll have a Zoom call or something with Bridget and Wilcox. He's sitting there and off to the side and he's a little Thing he's just snoozing away while you're we're jibber jabbering about whatever it is we're talking about, you know. And and the dogs don't seem to be barking as much, it seems like when we're podcasting. So they might have settled down a little bit, kind of new, someone new in the house. And maybe a little bit. Boy, they they still go
0: off and bark quite a bit, but uh, Wilcox, he sure doesn't seem to notice. So that part's good. That part's uh, that's really good actually. (laughs) That there could be all this noise when he's sleeping and he could just be passed out
1: cold. I hope that's that's a trend. I hope continue. I, I, I hope, I <laughs> hope yes, yes. I hope that stays. Uh. Yeah, we had uh, our family. We didn't uh, didn't have anything that exciting, but pretty close. My oldest son, mm-hmm. uh, right at Christmas time, uh, announced he's getting engaged. So we'll have another that's wedding. Pretty exciting, yeah. It's well, it is. Yeah. So there's uh, we had uh, my middle son got. Married in October, and now my oldest son is going to get married probably sometime this summer because she's she's a teacher and uh, is an English teacher and then does drama in their theater. And so she doesn't want to contend with that during the school year. So probably sometime June, July, or August. I bet you it's maybe August. I'll need, a soil, I'll need a soil sampling break and pay for another open bar at a wedding, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Better pick up a few more jobs. I'm <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Now I'll put the request out now if there's any money locally. I could use a couple thousand dollars for the extra business. <laughs> so we got so we got that. But that's been that was good news and uh, made it through the new year and, and everything was great. And now we're starting to get we got through that cold spell. We're just kind of at yes. the tail end of it. And uh, you forget how cold winter can be because how nice this winter has been up to that point and but we needed for ice for uh getting around if you're into ice fishing and for us for agronomy Mm -hmm. on ice we need some thickness and depth and quality so we can not have any issues like they are over in minnesota or we're in minnesota when things were kind of touch and go there but but looks like we're coming back into some nicer weather again which would be be awesome for like camo tea that'll be a nice fun week
0: right and i was looking at the temps uh we're getting out of these nasty below zero temps and it looks like the daytime highs are more like winter average or maybe a little above average where you're you're getting into the low 30s not quite to above freezing during the day and below freezing at night that'll keep ice quality good
1: for agronomy and ice yeah i'm going to go out and drill some holes here uh, probably tomorrow check it out because it's been a good 2 weeks since i did that and uh we were just over 12 12 and a half inches at that time. So, you got to stick your
0: whole arm down the hole and measure it like that again because you forgot your Bravant bump board. Uh, no, I'm gonna bring the bump
1: board this time because <laughs> that'll be up past my elbow. Hopefully, it's past my elbow. I like to see, boy, I'd be 20 inches or more would be great, but we'll see what we got. It is what it is.
0: I would say, with the lack of snow this year and the extreme cold temps for a good, like, solid 10 days now, that. We'll have some pretty good ice conditions. I think now there's probably less concern about getting around on the lakes and
1: all that. Yeah. You know, there was uh beginning of the week there was uh people were out with pickups now. It just been limited to light, you know, snow bears and side by sides and things of that weight class, geo trackers, but now there's some half tons and things like that. Woodland was saying he probably, yeah, this weekend you could probably pull a twenty two foot ice castle out with a three quarter ton. They felt pretty good about that, but they're still going to let you know that stay away from the pressure ridges and there's are some areas that were less ice than others. The main lake was, you know, versus the bays. The bays will be thicker, but we should be good now. And yeah, we don't have the snow so that, you don't. we, we shouldn't have where you drill a hole. It's like a toilet backlogging on you. Where it just, <laughs> it's coming back and filling up everything. That's, that should not happen this year at all. And pictures I've seen of people out on the lake have been doing very well Um, We had a good summer bite on Devil's Lake and looks like we're having a good start to the winter bite. Well,
0: that'd be fun to see if fishing is good. I know there's a lot of people that come up for a Ground Man Ice here, usually the day or two before or stay the day after and get some fishing in. It's always a good bonus if they're coming for the event and they get some good fishing in.
1: Yeah. Yeah, if you go check out Woodlands Facebook page or Devil's Lake, North Dakota, the Chamber of Commerce in Devil's Lake, you'll see some pretty good pictures, I guess. So. Yeah, come on out. It's uh, always good to get out and do some fishing and we'll have, they were going to host the volunteer fire departments anyway. They made that commitment right before that cold weather. So they're, they're good now. They won't have any issues out there because it's, that's all walking. Yep. And plus
0: it's the snow on the ice that really causes more of an issue. I went to that a lot of years in a row and I remember some of the coldest winters where you had a foot of snow on the ice, that was always the sketchiest when they started cutting all those holes in the ice you always brought muck boots with not regular snow boots because you would have that 10 to 12 inches of water on top of the ice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you've been out there too. If we've been out there at the same time and seen that, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's, gets uh, pretty interesting, (laughs) but it's fun. It's fun. Absolutely. So yeah, this past month has been very busy on the, the meeting season and it's been very unique for both of us because you've been able to get to a lot of these things in person and attend, which is what I would normally do. But being I'm home with a newborn that, uh, some of these things I got a sideline and set out and some have had online options and I have gladly attended and participated and been a part of those. So it's been, it's been kind of a, I'm not missing out on everything. I'm kind of getting to take things in pieces being online, but, um, what you had the Lake region roundup here, right at, right during the first week. And then yep. they had. You guys were at St. Jean farm days, which sounds like that was a really good event there. I think all the egg buys events were happening that week too. Yes. And, and then the wild world, of weeds workshop, the ADSU Soil water workshop and the farm QA first annual meeting all happened.
1: Yeah. yeah I thought, uh, I thought going back to the Lake region ground up was very good program. Uh, a good speaker list. Uh, it was great. There's, uh, people could travel up to it. Usually they that's, it's that's like an uh, KMOT number one weatherwise. it's the weather's always bad. it seems like around the lake region Roundup they had really good attendance for both days and they had a good lineup. and so I, I like that meeting because it's so close and I don't have to put it together <laughs> you know <laughs> so that it, Lindsay does a great job with that. And and just to get people lined up and have concurrent sessions. So you got to find the people you want, the topics you want to talk about, and then some of it's in the format too. So yeah, I thought that was uh, very good. Yeah. I did miss the AgVice. Uh, I just had other things going on and I'm sure those, those are always good and well attended. So those that listen from AgVice should work on that online option. <laughs> Intent. Hint. <laughs> just kidding, but kind of serious. Well, I am working on my CCA credits. I could have went to that one, but we had uh, missed missed out. Uh, That was the that was we went to St. Bridget, and I went up to St. Jean Farm Days. That was a very good session. It's uh, very uh, small and compact, and they have local people bringing food. The food was excellent, and we had kind of an agronomist happy hour, Great Wife North edition, with Rick and Brunel and Bridget and myself, just talking about different things we saw, taking questions from the crowd. And uh, the good news was, Kyle, is that very few people had ever heard of this podcast. So we have lots of potential for gro- for growth. <laughs> we haven't Done. tapped into the southern Manitoba market yet, is what you're saying. Not, not quite. Uh, Brunel was really excited about it because, uh, and they were getting ready to go to Brandon Ag Days, which was Ye- this this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a lot of
0: social posts on that. It looks like they did a very, very good job uh, just very busy week for those guys. Yeah.
1: But the, this past week, the main thing was, uh, I was down in Fargo for three days physically there. Um, I didn't get there as early as I like to cause my truck was not wanting to start in this cold weather. And, uh, I didn't plug it in quick enough or soon enough, but I did get down there and watch the virtual option through the morning. And then on my way down to Fargo and that is nice, but it's really nice also to be there because you can talk to people during the breaks and, uh, the presenters and things like that and there was some good material so everybody be on the watch out when um, if you go type in NDSU weed science and then you go up in the corner and there's a you can kind of see it, it's still not that hard tough it's kind of small is the tab and you can go down to Wide World of Weeds and they'll have the presentations posted they got 20 through 23 posted but they don't have 24 yet but uh, that's where I go to kind of refresh and look at my notes again to me to me
0: that's one of the best weed science winter meetings that you can get as like a professional development thing through the winter uh it just NDSU's extension weed science department well just their entire extension for research and education is really good but they do an excellent job with their weed science group they always have and and it just this year just shows it again like every other year just the stuff they go through and I attended online on that because I was at home and I was really happy to be there and doing that. And I took a lot of notes from being there online and, and I'm sure you only gain that much more because I, I was getting Snapchats in between from others that are there and I'm like, oh crap, you're here, you're here, he's here, she's here. Oh man. You know, it's like, I could have been brushing shoulders and talking with everyone, but, uh, that's, that's okay. I'm where I need to be. But, uh, I also got my data download too which was really great because there was just some good information and, and good takeaways from this year's Wild World of Weeds.
1: Yeah, and I was traveling and when Charlie Geddes was talking, and so I definitely will go back through some of that stuff and then probably you make these connections and you can just get a hold of people directly if you need more clarification on some things. But it was, um, it was a good meeting again. I was surprised at how many people were there considering there was a virtual option.
0: That's what I was going to ask. Does it look like the room was full like it always is?
1: Yeah, it was. So I think they were- I, I bet you there was over 100 people online too. Yeah, they were very happy with yeah. how things went because they. it wasn't the best, it was just cold. The roads were good, but it was so darn cold. So they knew they were going to lose some people, but uh, I got there after dinner and uh, very well attended. A good material as always. These, these hybrid
0: meetings, I think are extremely powerful to do it hybrid online and in person, because if it works out to be there in person, yes, it's very valuable for you to be there now to watch it live and at home, that's powerful too, versus watching the recording, but you have all these options. Now you could be there in person, you could be there live watching it online and being able to like type in questions and interact and at least, you know, like watch it as it goes, or you can post I don't know if they're going to have recordings, but at least they'll have the powerpoints, and you can see the information. But you can consume this information and and continue to keep the the edge of the knife sharp, so to speak, agronomically on this. I mean, there's there's a couple of like key things that were were in the wild worlds of wild world of weeds workshop that I thought were were great. That like were big notes taken on my end, and uh, Kirk Howitt kind of continued on his wild oats and. Phone mm-hmm work. And, and so, uh, Zidua is the product he was using, but Anthem, uh, maybe for others that are looking at that. And he gets asked all the time, does this stuff work? Well, you know, he, he's got the data bar. He sure works all this, but he goes, picture's worth a thousand words. And so that's like how he opened up his presentation and here's a picture and one, you can't even see the rows of wheat. And he goes, I promise you there are planted rows of wheat here and it just saw wild oats. And then there's the other side that it looks clean, but yes, if you start looking close, there's random wild oats there. And so it's like a ball applied is somewhere like 85, 90% control, depending on the rate. And that's what he was showing. He's like, this is what 90% control looks like. And you'd see a lot of people look at that and go, I'd be really happy compared to what I had, you know, kind of deal. So that's, uh, to me, like big notes taken there going, we've been talking about that idea. The other thing I noticed, I don't know if it was on his presentation or others, but that same active ingredient with the level of fall residual kosher control that they've been receiving out of that was far better than I imagined. So that was a surprise to me, actually.
1: Yeah, same here.
0: But that's a different mode of action versus a lot of other things that get used in small grains and and uh, pulse crops and all that. That you have an option to use. So if you're getting that decent, you know, fall applied. Basically, it's like spring soil water residual, I believe is where that's active when the seed's germinating. But uh, to have that kind of control residua on kochia, I would take because that's going to help your burn down. That's going to help your in-season sprays and all that too. So I don't know. I was happy to see that because if you have like a combination of wild oats and kochia issue, then maybe you got a real, real option and, in a fall applied wheat situation.
1: Yeah, there was some things that uh, Joe Eichly presented that validated what I'm doing as far as multiple modes of action on kochia in my residual burn down. There was some stuff that was presented on rates of metribuzin and and crop injury. Um, that was good to see because I I think we're it's good that we have metribuzin in our mix, but I think we're too worried about potential crop injury once something's mm-hmm crops can handle a higher rate than what we're using currently and that's a very rate to residual ratio as the rate goes up the residual gets better so there's just i just encourage people if you didn't if you weren't able to attend you're going to get the opportunity to go look at some of this stuff uh and then the uh the weed guide was uh it's a link this year i mean there was there they had some weed guides i didn't pick one up physically i'll wait till my county agent gets there they didn't have the nice, uh, classic laminate sheet one. Yeah, they did. Oh, they did. And you didn't yeah. take one? Uh, they they ran out. Oh, okay. They were- Oh, that's right, because you got there late. Yeah. I got there late, so they they had already been scrounged up, so. Okay. Which
0: is fine. I'll have to, uh. I'm going to have to find- get a hold of Joe and ask for my signed copy. along yeah, The Wild war- or with the War Against Weeds, uh, yeah. paraphernalia or whatever he has. Great. I yeah, just- they I asked for a signed magnet I texted him after the show and <laughs> told him I said I would appreciate a signed magnet from
1: the hosts of War Against Weeds I saw, better yeah. better add the weed guide to that I also had the privilege of seeing the uh, kosha uh, chia pet that he oh. had there yep and uh, he did that I think because of the pronunciation people that aren't familiar with saying oh, it is kosha kochia kochia. Is how it, is and that's even yeah, the other thing on there. That's how it's even pronounced if you go online to get the pronunciation. Because so that even the, oh really yeah oh no. So that was uh, or are we the only ones that are wrong up here in the northern plains
0: calling it Kosha? No, we're not.
1: <laughs> we're not. So that was that was good. That meeting was uh, really well attended. Uh, the next day was the soil and water workshop. That was the final one that Dave Franzen, Doctor Dave Franzen, had been... Has been putting on because he's going to retire. Uh, this will be—he came to NDSU in 1994, so 30 years, I guess. And uh, so that was—it was—it was really good. There's some some new speakers on there. Those, from what I was told, those presentations will get posted, or there'll be a link that'll be sent out, and they're only going to be up for a certain amount amount of time hmm. that you can go and listen to them. So all the recordings. The recordings, yeah, okay. The presentations will probably stay, but the recordings um, probably will take some time. And the, and but speaking speaking of recordings, I'll go back. There will be recordings of some of the stuff at the Lake Region Roundup as well. Oh, so I might I might have to log in and, and yeah. capture some of that while I'm at home. Yeah, we'll probably po- We could probably post that on the show notes and yeah. social media too, as to get people to see that. So. That was a a good session. Uh, The the, uh, workshop, uh, they went through some things. That's usually that to get those credits. That's some of the tougher sitting and trying to absorb stuff. But uh, they had some, they got some new people there that the first three ladies that talked had some really good stuff and just went through some of their research. And I just liked the way Mm -hmm. they delivered. They just delivered it like, boom, this is what we're seeing. This is bing 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 and and it's like okay just we're confident you know and uh no the soils department seems like it's
0: in good hands
1: yes at
0: NDSU and and there's a new class of of people that are really bringing in some good information I really did enjoy kind of sitting in
1: on the virtual sessions on that yep yeah so I'm I probably I was I met my credits I probably didn't have to go to that but since it was Dr. Franzen's last time and and uh I got a, had to be down on Fargo for the next day meeting because so, I said I would be. And so I just stayed there and, yeah, bumped into some more people there. That's generally a little smaller meeting than the mm-hmm. Weeds one. But How many people were at that one?
0: Because there were like 80-some 80, 80 people online. I would say there was probably 80 in attendance physically. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so they probably got higher attendance just because they had a online version.
1: Yep. So we'll see what the, where that goes, who heads that up next year or what they're going to do with that going forward. So, Yeah.
0: And then our friends at Farm QA had a meeting. Now, Mm -hmm. that's one I wish I could have been there in person because they didn't have an online option for it, which is fine. This is their first time ever doing a meeting, but you were there, Jason. So you'll have to fill us in on how that went because that seemed like that was uh, pretty well received.
1: It was. So if you think sitting through soil and water can be tough... Because of the topic, you know, well, I'm not saying because it's QA. I'm saying, you know how it is when you're going. No, it's like a tough to digest topic. Yes. When you do. It is like information overload kind of stuff. Yes. So when you have things that are techie and while you go here and you click this and you know, you do that and you're like, unless you're doing it, you can't sit there and watch somebody do it. But the thing that was really interesting in this is they went fairly slow. And they talked about everything that was brought up by the crowd. So they're not mm. they're not necessarily dictating things to you. It's coming from the audience and everybody in there is either using it or is curious about using it and wanting to learn more. And I made some great connections in that room with some people that, you know, I was kind of the first one they called. They're like, could you help us kind of help market this? Like, yeah. And Ben Munson said that. He goes, you know, you're kind of, you kind of started this. And and then you're looking around the room and I'm like, yeah, I'm like the oldest guy here, damn near too. (laughs) And so there's all these younger people that are asking just these really in depth and really using it for a lot of things and pointing out stuff like, yeah, you know, that we, we saw this when we did that. They're right there taking notes. Farm QA was like, okay, how do we do this? And probably their, their biggest thing that was the most re- well-received is there in this phases of integrating with John Deere Op Center mm-hmm. and doing things like that. So people were, when it's important to your business, you pay more attention, you know, versus say, I need credits, but I can go get credits online or I could take this or whatever on my own time. But here, that was a full day of people. There was a very few people that left early. Zim. I am very
0: excited to see where farm QA goes in another year. So they've been with us since the beginning as a sponsor of the podcast. We've both been using their tool at different levels since that time. I mean, Jason, you've been using it, you know, on the very early on stage, there's a couple of consultants out West here, uh, that have been at the very, very beginning, helping them kind of, jo- you know, Josh yeah,
1: Hammond, yeah, yeah, Josh, Josh, is- and Josh and Tom. have They're, they're the first, they're the pioneers. Absolutely. they're yeah. the original guys out there and, And so it was, uh, so I talked with him for a while and some other people came up and talked to us about it and we're very open about uh, just their, how they use it. And then we just talked business about consulting. It's like, yeah, so I got to get a hold of Ben. I'm like, can I get, would it be possible to get some of these names of people? Uh, Ran into Adam Funk there and I hadn't seen him since his GJ days. And so we got caught up on some, on some different things i sat next to Scott from CANDU, and and uh, so he's looking at, you know, and so everybody's asked people ask me, how do you use it? Do you use it? Yeah, I'm just trying to. If I could just extract ten to fifteen percent out of what they're what they're showing me today, I'd be glad, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to two things uh, that I want to try new next year is is using probably more of their weather data uh-huh. by field, and then dropping in any of my fields that are zone sampled. So, I can look at actually look at my map while oh, you're out scouting. While I'm scouting, that's what I'd really like
0: to so, be able to do. So, these just showed up in the mail, but I got a couple of these iPad minis that I'm switching to or not switching to, I'm adding to go with my four wheelers. So, so me and my scout will be out and we'll have farm QA. Like, there's a case coming in the mail and stuff, but it'll be on the handlebar. It's got the camera on it, it'll have the farm QA app, it's cellular enabled. And so then we're able to do all of our note taking with the iPad, where you can just hop off the handlebar. You can get you know pictures of size of crop, weeds, all that business, and collect all that information. I actually have uh, my farmers, uh, two of them for sure, and I'll get the other two on board because they're they're pretty good with the tech stuff. But we're there excited to use it on their end. Uh, one one of them he did use it some, just on the app side of it this spring where. I had all his fields mapped and he went and put little notes like when he switched varieties and where the other varieties are in the field, planting dates. He put in harvest dates and average yields and all that. So we could track those things. So that was a big deal. But yeah, there's what I've learned about farm QA is they needed a meeting like this because the more I meet with Ben and Nick and that crew there, and I talk to that tool. I realize that a lot of the things I'm like, well, I wish it could do this. Or how does it do that? It probably has the functionality. And if it doesn't, like you were saying, they're like jotting down notes like crazy. Try to make improvements. Yeah. And so it's, it's pretty cool. Like think of it like a file folder system with a map on a records end for a, for a consultant and for the farms that you have hooked up through your account. You can put every single time that you've logged a scouting record in their fields, so they have a real-time, like, view of when you've gone out and looked in their fields. And then if you're doing, like, what I was just showing Jason on the video here, is I have iPads now, little mini iPads. I mean, just, it's bigger than a phone, but I just thought that'd be a cheaper way versus, you know, counting on that my seasonal has a cell phone that is capable of all that. I'm like, here you go, this is exactly what I'm using, so we can do the same things. And then you're taking... Pictures of crop progress in the field, insect pressure you're seeing, size of weeds, all that extra reference stuff that goes in there. So then that helps me not just go like, how are you interpreting pressure? How are you interpreting weed size? How are you interpreting stage? If I can see those pictures, like if we're going like every other field, every you know other week or whatever, you know if we're just swapping what fields we're in and out of, then we're seeing that. My farmer clients are seeing what what we're collecting, but then at the same time, they can be inputting their records too. So you can be pushing your recommendations through the app. So you're as the farmer, you can open this up and go like, oh, here's my recommendation. And they're showing how much you're using per field, what you're using per like this whole batch. Like if you're going to spray all your wheat this week, that was on recommendation. And then if you get more savvy using it, you can do this as like tasks. So instead of like the your farmer going and finding it, and going, oh, I got to find this on the list and go check it as marked done. You can push this as a task and then it just hits like a main page on their app and just says, here are the five fields that need to be sprayed. And then all they got to do is you go hit a check and it just timestamps when it's done. And then back to the weather thing you're talking about, Jason, you could have, you know, it, it, there's always a weather station option. So it's either your NOAA virtual stations just based on zip code, or you can actually go in there. And they, there's a couple different brands of weather station that you can actually, The if the farmer wanted to mm-hmm. purchase it, you could integrate it into your system. And then you could assign by field real weather station data. Yeah. Real wind speeds, real Delta T's, real rainfall would actually happen. Not, not something that's like 10 or 15 miles away, but something that's like a mile or two away in the field. But that all timestamps with your spray records. When it got done, that's some huge, powerful information. Like if you think about it, like as a farmer spraying things, and they're carrying their phone or their iPad with them and they have these farm QA recs, it literally has the labels hyperlinked in here. It's got it's got all the information you need. So you'd be in total compliance when you're out spraying, just having your phone with farm QA on it. Because if you were to ever be stopped by a a pesticide, you know, regulatory or an EE, I, I'm Kind of drawing a blank who the regulatory the, would be. The state, the state but, yeah, shows the up. The state in Orticona <laughs> or any state. <laughs> yeah, yes. Right. But you could pull it up, you go like, oh yeah, here it is. And you can literally go within that rec and it's got hyperlinks to the labels. So you would have that instead of having a binder with that information, which Prime in mind most of you probably don't have that in your tractors when you're spraying. Well, you technically do. It's on the jugs or the totes, but you would have it all held in one place here, which kind of Speeds up your where you find stuff like rain fast, and you can you can literally put all this information like rain fast reentry intervals, all this stuff, and and I think they'll only get better and better as time goes on. The data entry that's probably the cool thing about that business is that they're always listening and they're always evolving, and they're really listening to the users and making new features. It's pretty cool.
1: So the people that were in that room were crop consultants, ag retailers. Um, seed persons who are, who are in the retail seed business, and there was some farmers. And that market to me, uh, so I put a snap out, just said, you know, farm QA, blah, 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 put a hyperlink, uh, attached it. I had uh, two consultants from Kansas snap me back almost immediately and said, this, this forever changed my business for scouting. And then I had a seed person, we had a conversation and, if, and we just, we're going back and forth. I would use this if I was a seed person because just what you, you said, right? Because I can you can find out, your grower can go in and send you where those fields are planted. Now you can go, whether you got it in plots or split planter or whole fields, and you can go out there and watch those varieties and look at them if you want to and send information because you can pull an NDVI, all kinds of stuff. It's just another relationship tool that you can use and one of my farmers got a hold of me and he employs south africans and i've probably mentioned this story before but uh two years ago i was in a field and there was tracks across maybe a quarter of the field and then they quit and they couldn't and with soybeans i couldn't figure out why there was tracks out here they got in the wrong field and oh. they were <laughs> they were spraying insecticide supposed to be in a canola field taking out flea beetles and they're spraying and, flea beetle spraying soybeans that didn't need it yeah And then I'm out there in it. So then I could have known, they could have known just with the map feature by the name of the field. You could name it whatever you call it, right? Mm -hmm. And that way- But but you can can do simple things like color code it and
0: you go, hey, and all the fields are yellow, why are you in a red field? Let's say, you know, you're supposed to be in a yellow field. Like little things like you're, you would think like, oh, oh crap. Okay. Got to go to the right spot.
1: Yeah. They got a new planning feature that looks
0: really good. So I've been been beta testing that the the last few weeks and giving them some input. That thing's awesome. Talk about the person doing uh so I actually got a couple stories too, like someone that's doing seed uh on a couple ends on how they use it. So so one of the farms I work with that I do put their information in farm QA and and they do use op center. And so eventually this will be an automatic integration. But they farm a lot of cornfields. So I went and put in all of their fields by variety, harvest, well, plant date, harvest date, and yield, and they were having a conversation with the retailer, and they're you know like retailer favors brand X, but they like brand Y. They grow both X and Y. X got its ass handed to it by Y. So farms really happy. They're like, hey, our our less expensive preferred variety is just still kicking this thing's butt, and the retailer, yeah, at the time they're like. No, no way, no way. It's gonna. It's like it had to be positioning this and this and this. And and then I I pulled up the data and Farm QA did a just a quick export on on an Excel sheet and just showed all the yield by field. So so I had it aggregated. But like, <clears throat> and we're not just talking comparing like two fields and two fields. We're talking like a lot of fields to a lot of fields, mm. and compared it and we quantified it on average. And you're like, no, across the farm, like, yeah, there were some that were close, like within 10 bushels of each other. But on average, it was closer to like 25 bushels that the one variety beat it up by. We like, this is more than placement because these were kind of planted next to each other all across the farm. And, and it's kind of a, it it led to a bigger conversation because the farmer preferred variety. I'm like, I'm wondering under stress if that one handles as well. So I'm not calling out anyone's brand here. I have a personal reservation against what kicked ass this year because, because I think that when it gets to be a drought year, it's going to have its ass kicked and this other one will do well. Sure. But so, so I suggested, I'm like, don't boot this brand X out completely, at least put a couple quarters in of this and, and we'll be selective and go to where I really think that that will fit well. But that's where like that seedsman conversation comes in. So then we talked through like actual seed planning and they're like, Hey, this is where we're going to pull our cornfields. It's like, you know our farm, you know our fields, you know everything, help place the varieties. So I did that through Farm QA and I planning and just go, yep, these fields are where I'd put these varieties. These are where I'd put these varieties. These are where I'd put these. And on a planning purpose, we're like, we know we're going to be right around 28, 29,000 seeds dropped. And so it just did the math and it goes, you're going to need this many bags of this one, this many bags of this one, this many bags of this one. And, and just went down the list and t- sent that off to. Uh, the the retailer that's buying or uh, that they're buying the seed from and go this is this is what their needs are did that for that soybeans wheat canola did it for everything and and it just did a quick calculation. like it made that job really simple and and then you could focus more on getting the right varieties placed in the right fields instead of getting lost into just with a calculator adding up field by field by field by field by field yeah so so those planning tools and and the chemistry planning thing is even more awesome. In my opinion, you can, you can put together this whole plan. And that's how I plan to implement this for next year is I'm going to put in, you know, we're, we're getting into meetings with all of my farmer clients. We're putting together our chemical plans and we're going, this is what we're preferring to use. And then we're basing the scouting based on, Hey, let's shoot holes in this. What are the things that are going to have to happen for this to be changed? And so that's, that's going to be our focus on the scouting end is, Do we need to change this recommendation? You know, are there, are there amendments that need to be made? Is there something that needs to be added to a tank mix? Is this, you know, that kind of thing. And then they, they know what they need to use. They know what they're in for roughly on cost. And we just need to execute on it. So that, that whole like season long planning thing is pretty slick too. Like you can set up scenarios. So you can say like, what if we got a scab year? We put all these fungicide passes in. What if we got a white mold year? What if it's another grasshopper year? You can like start figuring out like what your potential needs are. And then when you get into season, you can start, you know, that's when the scouting thing happens. You go, well, it turns out flea beetles are an issue this year. <laughs> Dropped.
1: <laughs> I know. Wishful thinking, right? The what? Uh, so what we talk, one of the things we talked about too is that, you know, some people will have stuff and at the end of the day, they push out all their stuff. But there's things that you need to send people, right? Because on they're the yeah. on the spot type of thing. So there was an option there they talked about. I know the retailers, they had a thing where they would, when their floaters were out and they got done, they would uh, it would autom- they would They send a notification to all of their farmers. This field has been spread because they're kind of wondering to move. Oh, they're moving field cultivators or a speed disc or whatever to cover up urea and do that type of thing. So it was really interesting to listen to retailers talk about how they're using it and how they're doing stuff for their people running sprayers and and doing things like that so it was it was a good mix of people in that room and so you know just just think of this so they had there was really well 10 there was just probably a shade over 50 people there and all them differences and everybody's business is different Mm -hmm. right there was a guy who manages the farm they have five sprayers and they're they're trying to organize and do this stuff so that they were looking for features. So everybody's giving opinions. And then you're like, okay, right? You got a, you got 12 things everybody wants, but they, they still listen to everybody. And then probably the highlight of the meeting was that uh, over lunch we got to listen to Howard Dahl. Hey, talk. That, that would have been really cool. You know what? And here's here's what I'll say about that. We'd had Howard on. I think he's been one of my one of my personally most interesting people to interview on here because of his tie to agriculture and state in North Dakota. And he's an older fellow, but man, he's so sharp and he's so well-connected and he just knows what's going on in the world of not just ag but everything else. We're dead with the meeting, final done with everything. He comes up to me and he he remembered. I'm like, my name. That's awesome. Oh, I so, wish I could have been there to do this, shake yeah. his hand and see him in person. So we got, you know, we're talking pleasantries, and then he starts right in. What do you, where do you live? He's talking about there's four of us standing there. Where do you live? What do you do? Just always curious about different things and was talking about some stuff. So, yeah, he had a really, he had a really awesome slide that uh, I'm going to find it here and just bring, talk about it because I had, I was charging my phone because of course my battery was going to heck on me. Oh, I didn't save it yet. It sent a text. Anyway, they talked about, the slide was how long it t- it took. Here it is. Department of uh, Development of American Agriculture. This is from Willard Cochran. His book and it was talking about how many hours and how much land it took to get a hundred bushels of wheat. Mm. Okay, yeah. So we'll go all the way back to eighteen thirty. Took about five acres. And it was two hundred and fifty to three hundred labor hours. Oh wow! To get a hundred bushels a week. So then he then he went into the history of how many tractor companies there were in the United States, and and John Deere didn't start as a tractor company; they were a plow company, right? Yep. Right. And Henry Ford was one of the bigger makers, and he talked about how much production they had and how many, how little they sold, and then they went to something else. So we'll jump up to nineteen seventy-five. Okay. It took three acres. It took till the 70s before it it was five. It was five acres from like 1830 all
0: the way to- So it went from 20 20 bushels an acre and 250 man hours to
1: 33.3 bushels an acre and how many man hours? Three to four labor hours. Holy crap. Yeah. In 1975, right? So you went from 250 to 300 labor hours down to three to four. So you're probably a Hundred times more efficient. And today you're pulling a you're pulling a hundred bushels off one and a half acres and it's down to thirty minutes.
0: <laughs> right. So I suppose must. you think about that because those man hours that, that includes planting, spraying, harvest, fertilizer, all that. Yep. And and yeah, I would
1: say that's pretty accurate if you figure it out. And I think that eighteen the that's next cool. time frame the next time frame was eighteen ninety, and I think that was the development or the introduction of the uh, the steam engine or, yep. oh, yeah. Okay. Reapers, uh, so that, that was kind of the next step. You just, and so well versed in, um, history and stuff like that. So that was, that was a really good meeting. I, I thanked them, uh, for that meeting because that was, uh, and they have plans to do this again in a probably different format. And we just need probably some more people using that platform, but it's, it's, it isn't just a consultant tool or an agronomist tool. It's, you can use it in a lot of different contexts so i th- i think it has great application even at the farmer level for sure if you got any amount it's the if you can manage logistics people that's this fits so that was right that was a good that was a good meeting that was really good i that was a late night because <laughs> I, I stayed to the end i didn't get home till probably eight o'clock that night but
0: oh well what do you do but but we've been both saying that at the beginning, it's not just a consultant's tool. It's, uh, it's for a retailer, for a seed salesperson, for a farmer, especially for a farmer, in my opinion, uh, there, and then I think where the magic really happens is if you have a retailer or a consultant that use it with the farmer and that, that combination together yeah. can make a huge difference just on the kind of data and insight on record keeping, just, just the records alone on the kind of information you have at your hands and your fingertips is a huge deal because it's always just at an arm's reach instead of like, oh, I got to go to the office and rifle through, you know, 500 paper files and folders. Yep. You can go, no, this is literally on a cloud server on a map-based format so I don't have to think like, what did I name that field again? You can just like pinch and zoom and go, here's the field. Find it and start digging up information and then start comparing things year over year. There's just, there's really an unlimited amount of use if you really embrace the use of the tool and start using it. And then, like I said, to see where they've come in the last three years on functionality, I'm really, really excited to see where they go in the next three years on functionality.
1: So he's part of their uh, other business ventures, Amity Technology. And so a big part of their business is sugar beet harvesting equipment. Mm-hmm. And a and a big geography that that is is in Ukraine. And he just mentioned how uh disastrous things are in Ukraine. And and they have had uh, I believe if I'm not mistaken, they've had thirty employees killed. Oh jeez. In that conflict and war over there. And um uh, Because
0: yeah, he, they were they were fighting in war or he didn't no, he
1: didn't go, no real explanation. He didn't go into those details. He just that was the end result and mm. So it's, uh, many didn't get into what might happen with their business, what's going to happen with Ukraine. All he did say is that uh, most of the people that have died on the Russian side, uh, they emptied out all the jails. And then they, 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 so it's not like, it's not really people from the Moscow area or true Russians. It's like your minority people, caucuses from Asia, that type of thing that are... Mm fighting in this so he didn't say it but basically said putin's a piece of shit i don't think yeah, howard has it in him to say things like that <laughs> no no he's he's a very he's a very he's a man of faith and uh but he's just it's just sharp he's just business yes but that so that was that was a really good that was a really good meeting and uh and then it was like oh that was a long week of stuff you know you can do a lot of physical things but sitting in meetings and do the mental download you get back and you're like, oh my gosh, you're drained. And I'll do that next week again, too, because I'm going to go to Advanced Crop Advisors Workshop. I haven't been there in a couple of years, get some perspective, and then I'm going to go out to KMOT because I got a yeah, More more busy week. Yeah. Yeah. That's always a good show. It's It uh, should be good crowds out at, uh, I think, at both events, but particularly KMOT because the weather's supposed to be nice. Minot says it's going to be in the mid-30s and that will draw a big crowd. So Oh, I think so. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm gonna go out on Friday and catch up with everybody. Uh that's always a, a good a good place to go. And uh yeah, that'll I can't even remember what the hell I got at the end of the month here. I got kind of a slower week that, well then Well, that is the end of the month, and
0: then, then we've got the Hard Wheat Show and Wilson right. on February first. Mm-hmm. And we're in and we're in rugby on February second for uh it'll be the Farmer's Supper at the mm-hmm. Rugby Chamber of Commerce. Is is putting on?
1: Yeah. So I don't know if uh, our listeners, if you're in that Williston area, we got. There's, a, there's a good show lined up there. Yeah. Man, they. I uh, that is. You go through the agenda, and I don't know how they pull with how this happened, but we're like the headliners. So I don't know if there was a moment of weakness or over <laughs> or oversight, or they just needed space to fill. But they're bringing in like uh, Rob Pru from NDSU. Tom Wolf from Canada, our friend Tom, who you, if you operate a sprayer of any sort or no, just work with sprayers, you have to go listen to Tom talk about stuff. That guy's got just, his knowledge on the subject is so immense. And you got Daryl Richardson out there talking weather, Andrew Thostenson, Frayne Olson on the markets. It's like, wow, they're going to knock this out of the park. Yep. And then, then I think uh, Charlie Lim's
0: there. The, the local weed extension scientists. And so I think I'm I'm really excited to see Charlie present again, because I think he's, as he kind of gets a feel for the area and what he's doing, he's only going to grow and really become something really important to the area on the weed science end. And then you got Rob Pruitt, I believe that's going to be, yeah. uh, I I can't remember if I saw him on that one or maybe I was thinking of a different, different event, but if, if all of those people are there, that's a, uh, that's a really stacked day for the hard weed show. Yeah, and then yeah. why the heck they picked us as the keynotes? Yeah no. We'll take it. Apparently
1: we're entertaining? I don't know. I don't think so. Farm <laughs> Rescue. <risk. laughs> Can't uh. Uh, Farm Rescue will be there too, uh, I believe. And uh so we're gonna we're gonna have a subject, we're gonna put in some presentation stuff together and I gave them a topic and they didn't say that they would they would call it that. I said they just called us the happy hour after that. <laughs> yeah, they did. I said well they said well, you putting a presentation together, which isn't really our style. We kind of just do this when we go to a meeting, take questions from the audience, and this one we feel we're gonna we're gonna put some stuff together. Oh yeah, we we've put things together, yeah. Yep. And uh the topic I gave them was uh kicking ass and getting your ass kicked. And I didn't hear shit back from and
0: <laughs> <laughs> She knew nothing.
1: Skinny more, yeah. It was okay. It's like, oh my gosh. Then she probably questioned why we're on period, but that should be that should be a good show. I'm super happy. And then, yeah. Then the next night, the second, we're in we're in rugby. Mm-hmm. Same same thing. Ground was happy hour. Is that? Did you say chamber of commerce?
0: I think. I hope I'm not speaking out of turn. There, I believe that's we at the what Eagles. it is we're doing. West Eagles clutter. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. That's, yep. That's Just the highway. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so that's my first official week on the road doing anything so and then we got that and it goes to agronomy and ice and then then new seed has a sunflower university that i'm speaking at the week after agronomy on ice okay so that's in bismarck and that's a free to attend event and it's also a hybrid online so as we get closer to that maybe we'll get one of the guys from or or allison or someone from new seed and we can talk about that because i think that's pretty cool what they do on on an event but uh Anyways, we didn't mean to turn half of this uh, podcast into a farm QA ad, but you know what? We really do believe that that's a heck of a tool. Yeah. And and I see we're rounding up on the hour end. So we
1: already are. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. That's just that. how it goes. That's, yeah, we didn't mean to turn it into an <laughs> advertisement, but it's just like, but, but here, I mean, the bottom line is, is that we know those folks, we use the tool, and then you can go and you see who else is using it. And then you realize how well some people are using it. And then you're, this, you make these connections. And that was, that was probably the fun part. And here's the fun part about making that connection.
0: And maybe you gathered some of that and being there in person, but say you like how someone uses the tool. Well, some of this is templates. They make these things like a, like yeah. a, you can copy the template, like the scouting template you use and you can go, Hey, Jason, you really like this, what I'm doing, I'll send it to you. So then you don't have to make it on your own.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, saw so here's so this. Just- so I was sitting next to Scott. I just leaned over and I said to him, "You know what we should do? We should get a, cu- a hold of Kyle and have him come up. We'll just buy the beer and he can show us a bunch <laughs> of this stuff." And, and Scott was in total agreement that that was a really good idea.
0: I told him last spring when he was just he's like, "I'm just going to play with it this year and not use it too serious." i my like, "Dude, you need to get on the template thing, and you can actually take my template if you want, and we can just copy paste it, you know, on onto your." program. He's like, you can do that. I'm like, oh yeah.
1: So the off season is still not a hundred percent off season, right? It's like any athlete. You still, it's the, you're not, you might not be playing, but you still got to work out. I you look with all to- the,
0: I, with all the meetings and stuff and yeah, professional yeah, development and working yeah. with the farmers, working with other consultants, whatever. Yeah. There's the winter's full. There's yeah. a lot of things going. That's true for sure. Oh man, this is uh this has been a good beer. So you're going to have to explain the beer thing for everyone because I was drinking
1: coffee. Sure. So I have a brown bottle of beer today. There's no label. There's no nothing. So it's it's homemade beer. And uh, so my son, who is going to be married sometime this summer or early fall, uh, his fiance's dad, he likes to brew beer. And so this, I have four bottles of, I call it Johnny beer. His name's John. We just call it Johnny beer. Johnny beer, gets- brown label. Yeah, it's probably a pretty good name for it, and uses a lot of honey we will get from my sister-in-law in Kansas. So the honey will come up, we get it, it ends up with our son, and then it gets transferred, and then he uses it. So there's a there's a as, as Winnie the Pooh would say, a smack roll of honey in this bottle. <laughs> it's pretty good. So I don't, I can't tell you the ABV because there's there's nothing on here. But and then we make sure we save all the bottles because he does a complete rinse and clean and. Uses them over. Oh, excellent! I help we got one uh, person in
0: town here that uh, friends of ours that they do homebrew and they've gotten really good at it, and so it's always fun to go visit them and and try some of their beer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I anyways, I can hear a child crying up oh, here, oh, so that's the time, time. to cut yep, the podcast. So, you know, so, yeah, so it's time to cut the podcast. So hey, we really appreciate you all. Listening all the way to the end, even on just a BS session like this, but hey, it's yep. a new year. We've got big aspirations. We are definitely not sitting around twiddling our thumbs. There's plenty of going on, even though one of us is at home mostly. There's
1: there's still plenty going on and we're we excited guests. to, yeah. We got some good guests lined up and uh, get a hold of us if you have any suggestions. We will take any and all inquiries uh, on that. As always, yes. As always. So there's always stuff to learn from people. So we appreciate everybody tuning in and listening. And and if
0: you're in North Dakota, look for us on the speaking trail, so to speak. <laughs> if you're at, or the meeting trail, I should say, you know, if it's the hard Springweed show or the rugby farmer supper, or you're going to be at KMOT one day, if yep. you're at agronomy on ice, the advanced crop advisors workshop, the new seed thing in February, UPL has got something. We'll mention that later. Uh, you know, so, We'll be out and about. Look for us. Come say hi. Absolutely. We'll say cheers. Cheers. And we'll catch you next time on the Agronomous Happy Hour. Please hold
1: for a very important message. If you like and listen to this podcast, we have a couple favors to ask.
0: If you'd subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review, that's the farthest
1: right star. We'd be extremely grateful. And if you got any topic suggestions, write us a review. Or find us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Oh, yeah. And one more thing. Send beer. Yes. Send beer.